Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and I have the privilege of being the lead pastor here, and it is a joy to be able to be with you. Hey, thank you so much for joining us in our online community. We're so excited that you are with us. Uh, just wanted to let you know uh, we are committed to continuing to build and grow this online community. So whether you are staying home because of COVID concerns or you are outside of our regional area and you don't want to drive you know, across two states to get here, uh, you're invited to be here, and we're excited that you're with us. We're excited that you are partnering with us, and we want to work on developing and growing this online community. So whatever you need, let us know, and we want to be here for you. We want to help you grow. We want to equip you so that you can grow in relationship with God and relationship with others, uh, and we want to help you do that in whatever manner uh, is possible. So let us know how we can help do that. Hey, if you're a visitor here, uh, we're excited that you're with us. Us. Hopefully in us, you're going to find that we don't have it all together. Uh, we don't claim to, but we do know one who does, and, and that's Jesus. And so we want to we want to learn to be more like Jesus together. And so we would invite you to come along with us so that we can together grow in relationship with one another and relationship with God so that we can love the, our neighbors the way that Jesus told, told us we should, so that we can love our communities, so that we can be uh, peacemakers and bridge builders in a time of such divide in our country. We've been on this new sermon series called Armor Up, uh, and it's been awesome. We've been talking about the armor of Christ, and it comes from Paul. This guy, Paul, wrote a letter. He wrote lots of letters in the New Testament, uh, but one of them was a, to a church in Ephesus, and it's called the Letter to the Ephesians, and in it, he starts talking about the armor of faith. And so we've been taking a look at that, and the first week that we met, we talked about how Paul says, hey, we've got an enemy, not an enemy of flesh and blood, uh, but an enemy uh, that is in the spiritual realm, and, and, and that enemy wants us to fail. And so we looked at that. Last week, we talked about the belt of truth, and we talked about the breastplate of righteousness, and how those two things lead to us having the shoes of readiness to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. And, and we, we, we found something interesting. We started to notice that each piece of armor built up on the previous piece. And so today, we're going to continue that, and we're going to take a look at the shield of faith. And we're going to get there in a minute, but I think faith can be an interesting topic for us as Christians, because we think, yeah, you just got to have faith. You know, we think about faith uh, in, in the context of religion, and it's so easy. We, we just say, hey, you just need more faith. Maybe you've heard that before. You just need more faith. Or maybe you remember this guy, George Michael. Hello, 1987. We're back again. Uh, you got to have faith. Uh, his, his LP was titled Faith. Uh, and it was, uh, for those of you who don't know, an LP is an album. Uh, it's, it's a thing that spins around and has a, never mind. Uh, anyway, this is George Michael. This is not what we're talking about. He's talking about faith in giving his heart to somebody else. Uh, we're looking at faith in a little bit different uh, view. What we're looking at is what, what really is faith? What is, what, I mean, like I said, we talk about faith so often in the church, but it's hard for us to describe. Uh, my dad called me uh, a couple of years ago, two and a half years ago, uh, and said, hey, uh, we got, I got some bad news. Um, I have cancer. It's come back, um, and it's bad. And so, um, you know, immediately I start praying. 
I start seeking God to make a difference in this situation, praying for the doctors and the nurses and the medicine and all of this stuff. And um, over the course of about six months, um, it, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And, and the news kept getting darker and darker up to the point where we know that he's going to have to go on hospice. And so I flew to Houston to be with my mom and to help make some preparations. Um, and when I got there, there was this, this great gathering of his church. They, they had just shown up. Um, all, he was a deacon in the Baptist church, First Baptist Church in Houston, in Richmond, Texas, actually. Um, and, and so he's, he's a deacon. And all the other deacons and, and uh, the, the lead pastor had shown up to do a prayer service. And, and we got there right before it started. And so we joined in. We were able, my, my, my children and I were able to join in and, and be a part of this prayer service. And, and at the end of that service, one of the guys came up to me and he said, you just got to have faith that you're going to get through this. Uh, and, and while I know his heart, um, I know that he was well-meaning, that, that, that was like a barb to me. And I was like, what do you mean I got to have faith? Uh, in my head, I didn't say it to him, thank goodness, but in my head, I was upset because I had been calling out to the one that I knew could make a difference, and that one was not making a difference. God wasn't doing what I wanted him to do, and so I was irritated. I was upset at God. I was angry, and here's somebody saying, you got to have faith, and I'm like, I have faith. I have faith. Jesus says, if you have the faith to move a mountain, or the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain, and so I was pouring everything I had into that faith, everything I had because I wanted my dad to stick around, and it was so brutally painful and, and so interesting to me in hindsight to look at faith in a new way. Now, the reason that I say that is because I, I think typically when, when we talk about faith in the church, it's usually when some bad stuff is going on, either in our lives or in the lives of someone else. Maybe you have been told at the loss of a loved one, you just have to have faith. Maybe you've been told at a diagnosis, uh, a bad prognosis, any of those things, that you've just got to have faith. Anything that goes wrong in the Christian life, that's typically our response. You just have to have faith. The problem is, Faith is kind of difficult for us to put together, to, to understand exactly what we're talking about. It's, it's, it's a hard definition to figure out. Even, even the definitions we have don't really make it as clear as we would hope they would. And so we're going to look first at Paul's understanding of faith, and then we're going to kind of take a, a step down into what we see faith as, how, how faith works, and what what that does in and through us who follow Jesus Christ, so that we can understand what Paul is saying and so that we can recognize what faith is and what faith isn't. Uh, the first thing that I wanted to do was start with what Paul said, and he says this. Uh, in addition to, he says this, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. So Paul is talking about the shield of faith, this idea that faith is so strong that you can use it as a shield to extinguish the flaming darts or the fiery arrows, depending on your translation, of the enemy. And, and what, what, 
I want us to understand first what we're looking at when Paul is talking about a shield. In Paul's mind, a shield is not, not a little bitty round buckler or something like that. What, what Paul is seeing is a centurion's shield, a Roman centurion's shield. And the Roman centurion's shield was about floor height to about here. Well, I'm taller than an average Roman, but it was, it was high enough so that if you set it down, you could see over the top of it. And the reason is, is because they would come together and they would lock their shields together and they would stand there and it would form a wall. And then on top of them, the the people behind them would raise their shields up and over so that they could have a roof of shielding and and a a cover of shielding. And there was a, a clearing that they could look through to see how they could advance and what the enemy was doing. And the reason that they had that was because in warfare in the time of Romans, uh, arrows and, uh, were the artillery of choice. And so people would light arrows on fire or they would just shoot arrows. But arrows have to go at a, an arc over long distances. Maybe you knew this. Maybe you didn't. We're archery 101. Who knew? Uh, but the idea is that they have to go at an arc. And the reason that, that they put the shields up is so that they can provide shelter and protection against the arrows that are being lobbed at them. And so what Paul's saying is we need to have faith so strong that we can put it all around us and use it to protect us from the enemy's darts or flaming arrows or whatever it is. So this is the picture that Paul is presenting us with. And, and so it, it, it is important for us to understand what faith really is. What is faith and how do we get it? How do we hold on to it even in times of, of loss or in times of uh, change, things like that? So here's, here's uh, let, we're going to play a little game. For those of you online here, I want you to say it out loud. Don't worry about it. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to judge you or think you got it wrong. We're going to play the opposite game. This was a game that we played when I was a kid. Uh, so what is the opposite of light? Dark. What's the opposite of far? N- near. What's the opposite of happy? Yeah, sad. What's the opposite of hard? Easy. What's the opposite of faith? It's not so easy to describe the opposite of faith. And that's because faith is not so easy to describe. Now, maybe you said the opposite of faith is disbelief or unbelief. And, and so I wanted to start there because that, that frequently is one of the responses that people say the opposite of faith is unbelief. And, and I, I want us to not do that. We need to not jump into that as an idea. So the opposite of faith is not disbelief because you can have disbelief and still have faith. And you can have belief and not have faith. Here's what I mean. Uh, you can have, uh, you need to believe to have faith but you don't have to have faith to believe. They're not the same thing. So you can believe in something and not have faith in that thing, and, but, but you have to have faith in that thing if you uh, to believe in it. So here's, here's what I mean by that. When we look at Scripture, James makes this really clear for us. He says this, you believe that there is one God. Good! Even the demons believe that and shudder. They believe that there is a God. They just don't have faith in God's plan 
or direction. And, and we, can, we can get those two confused. We can think that belief is what we're really after, and instead, it's not belief at all. It's faith that we're after. So faith and belief are not the same thing. So it, it's interesting then, what, what really is faith? Maybe you're sitting out there wondering. Maybe you've taken for granted faith this whole time, that faith is just something that you have. It's just that thing that you believe in God, and that's faith. Well, faith is further than that. Actually, the author of Hebrews gives us a pretty good picture. He says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is confidence in what we hope for. We, as Christ followers, hope for Christ. We hope for the, the, the truth and the grace and the peace that Christ offers us. And then it's also the assurance about what we do not see, about God moving in the background even when we don't see it. This is why faith is one of those things that's constantly talked about when things are bad, because that's when faith is really getting to us, when, when we need to pay attention to faith, because it's easy to have faith when things are easy. It's easy to say, I have faith, and, and not have to put your money where your mouth is and walk through that when it's hard when faith is hard to hold on to, when you're wrestling and struggling with your faith. Again, doubt is okay in faith because disbelief is not equivalent to a lack of faith. Sometimes doubt and wrestling with your faith are what strengthens it and builds it up and makes it something that is more powerful, more tangible, more understandable to you. So what I want us to understand is Faith isn't a feeling. Faith isn't an emotional response. Faith isn't a goosebump. Like if you come to church and the pastor says something very clever and, and you feel, oh, wow, I was touched by the presence of the Spirit. Um, not that that's ever happened with me, but uh, if you listen to a good pastor, maybe that's happened. Uh, but it's this, this feeling where you're just like, wow, that, I was super close to God. That's not faith either. That's an emotional response. That's the response of your spirit being touched by God's spirit. But that, that isn't the extent of faith because faith is more than that. I, I think C.S. Lewis says it really well, and he says this, faith is the art of holding on to things that your reason has once accepted in spite of your changing mood in spite of your changing mood. I think I would add also in spite of your, uh, your changing circumstance because we can, we can be sitting here struggling right now with our faith, wondering why COVID-19 is running rampant through the world and God is not doing anything about it and struggling with that or wondering why one of our friends or relatives has received some bad news and, and their diagnosis is terminal um, where is God when that's going on? We can be struggling with all of these things, and yet we understand that, that faith is still there. It, it's not a lack of faith to, to struggle and to, to work on that. It's, it, instead, faith is abiding in the mystery of God. So it's this, this hope and confidence, this confidence and hope and assurance that God is there and moving and doing all the things that need to happen. But, but it's also this sense of abiding 
in the mystery of who God is, recognizing, friends, we don't see the whole playing field. We have just a small glimpse of what we, uh, what we know, what we understand, and what the nature of God is. And God is so much more than we can imagine or we can understand on our own. And that, that is where faith really unfolds, is recognizing that we are not God that God is God and we are not, and we need to give over and say, God, your ways are, are bigger than my ways. Your ways and, and the things that you do are so much more than what I understand. And so I'm going to follow you even through the darkest parts of my life. That's where faith really starts to shine and come alive. I have a, a good friend, and he said, uh, when I, when I struggle, when I'm having difficulty, when things aren't going my way, and I expected that God was going to handle things differently, what I do is I ask God, God, what do you want me to learn through this? And please help me to learn it quickly so we can get back to things, right? Uh, what do you want me to learn? I think that's so powerful. Well, if we thought about that, if we took that to heart, and, and when we're struggling, when things are not going right, um, instead of us questioning God and saying, God, why are you not doing this? If we turn that around and said, hey, what is it that you are trying to teach me through this moment? Help me to learn something more about who you are and about what your plan and your understanding of, of all of creation is so that, so that I can abide more in that mystery. I, I think that that could be very powerful for us. And so really, the question for us is, is this, how is your faith? Is, is your faith on solid ground? Or are you feeling confident that you can use faith as a shield to protect and to, uh, to help surround yourself in protection over things that are going on? Or are you on, on shifting sand and you're not really sure how things are going to turn out, and you're not really sure that God's got this in control, and you're, uh, you're, you're worried about that. My, my thought is this. We need to recognize, again, what Paul was saying, that we start, we, we don't start this with just expecting faith to be there. We start with the belt of truth that we have wrapped around ourselves. We put on the breastplate of righteousness where we recognize so much whose we are, that we didn't do anything to deserve this, but God has done everything for us and on our behalf through Jesus Christ. And we put on Christ's righteousness. And then we're ready to go and share the good news. And then Paul says, then you have the shield of faith. And so our faith is developed the longer we walk with God, the more we begin to trust God, whether it's initially just trusting that God was there or trusting that God would care for you enough that you could give over some of your income or trusting that God was there enough that you could turn over a situation to him and that he would have your best interest in heart to turn over control of your life ultimately to God that God has your best interest in mind and, and that you can release yourself into his hands. This is that, that growth in grace, that growth in faith on this path to perfection that we have. And then we can use that faith 
to defend ourselves, not from, not from other people necessarily, not from somebody that, that wants you to wear a face mask in public. For the love of all things holy, wear a face mask when you're in public. But instead, from the enemy who's shooting darts, fiery darts that are meant to bring you down. And here's what, here's what I mean by that. It can seem difficult to, to contextualize that, to think about that. But my guess is that you have had a random thought, not a temptation to do something outside of the realm of your relationship with God. Uh, that's not necessarily what I'm talking about, but something where your attention is intentionally diverted away. And it wasn't something that you were planning or thinking about, but it seems like your attention is being diverted away. Uh, this is what I'm talking about when I talk about the fiery darts or arrows from the enemy. I, I think that every once in a while we'll have an idea that is placed in our minds that, that comes from outside of us. We didn't think about it. We weren't plotting or planning it. It just appeared in our mind. And, and if you're not ready for those things, if you're not prepared, you might think, hey, well, that's a good idea. Why don't I do that? Instead, you need to be prepared and you need to be able to lift that shield of faith and protect yourself against the fiery darts or arrows from the enemy. I, I want us to, to really let that sink in, that, that faith can protect us. It's not this blind faith where you have to just believe something and, and, and there's no real substance to it. That's not real faith. Real faith comes from the journey where you're walking with God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and in that relationship, you are learning more and more about them and how to trust them and how to allow them into your lives and, and how to transform you from the inside out and make a difference in your life. So the, the real truth of the matter is that in spite of how you feel, you need to embrace and abide in the mystery of God. You need to take up that shield of faith. You need to, to be able to protect yourself with it. And, and, and I want us to do that so that, that we can have confidence in what we hope for and assurance in what we do not see. That God has done everything necessary for us to receive salvation. And that's the confidence uh, in what we hope for. And, and the assurance in what we do not see is a confidence also, the assurance that behind the scenes, even though we don't necessarily understand it, God is there and God is moving. Even now, God is moving in the world. Even now, God is lifting up those that are ill from COVID. Even now, God is carrying those that are brokenhearted and, and seeing so many things go wrong in their lives. Even now, God is helping the family that is, is suffering from uh, unemployment because of this current situation. Even now, God is dealing with the widow who is grieving the loss of her spouse. Even now, God is walking with us in the midst of our situation, and we can have faith that God is good. Let's go to God in prayer. Holy One, we thank you so much for the gift of Jesus Christ. We thank you for faith, for the gift you give us in our ability 
to recognize you, in our ability to walk with you, in our ability to grow in our relationship with you, in our ability to have deep and abiding faith in the mystery of God. Help us to recognize you in all of the things that you're doing. Help us to rejoice in the good news of Jesus Christ and and help us to share that. Help us to, to put on this armor of God so that we can, we can walk in faith together. Let us have our, our belt of truth and our breastplate of righteousness and our shoes, our feet shod with the, the shoes of readiness so that we can be prepared to share the good news. And then, Father, let us wield faith as a shield to keep us safe and protected from our enemy so that we can be yours now and forever. We give you thanks that you hear our prayers and we rejoice in the faith that you give us. All of us agreed and said, amen.